0: Now, fight back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Good afternoon and welcome. The way we live is changing and Zoomers are leading the change. The headline on the new information from the 2016 census is that one-person households are now the most common living arrangement in Canada. That's a trend driven By Zoomer women. But there are some new kinds of family living when you drill down. Since the last census, there's been a 30% increase in the number of grandparents raising their grandchildren. There are more couples with no kids at home at the same time that kids are living with their parents into adulthood. And many of those older women who live alone actually do have life. Partners, It's an arrangement known as Living Apart Together, where people maintain separate households for a variety of reasons. And there's something else that we are starting to see, and that is aging boomers moving back in with their even older parents so they can take care of them. We really want to hear from you. Uh, What is your living arrangement? If you live alone, did that happen uh, by choice? Did it happen because you were widowed or because of a divorce and how's it working out? Do you like it? Uh, a lot of women after taking care of people for uh most of their lives say they love the freedom to come and go as they please. Uh are you taking care of grandchildren? Uh are you a boomer that's had to move back in with your parents? All of these arrangements, also same-sex couples. We have more same-sex couples these days. Uh so the numbers to call toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Right now, let's go to Doug Norris, the chief demographer and senior vice president of Environics Analytics Group. Hi, Doug. Welcome.
2: Hi, Libby. Glad to be with you.
1: Okay, thank you. Now, uh, what I gather from all of this is that baby boomers are still the biggest factor in all the demographic changes that we're seeing, correct?
2: Well, certainly they're, they're driving a lot of the changes uh, uh, that we're seeing just simply because of their size.
1: Okay. So the first, the headline, of course, are more one-person households. What are some of the factors behind that?
2: Well, there are a number of factors. Um, certainly the aging of the population the fact that uh, women outlive their husbands and then are, are left on their own, and there's more and more of that. So that's driving up the numbers. Uh, as well, separation and divorce in, uh, in these sort of mid-years uh, may result in two people living on their own, or one person at least living on their own. And and young people uh, are going out on their own uh, before forming their own family. So there's a variety of things driving that.
1: Uh, I gather it's also, uh, there's a good news story behind it, that women are more economically independent. So they can be on their own, whereas perhaps in previous generations, they really couldn't.
2: I think that's right. Certainly following a separation or divorce, um, I think we see more and more women uh, who live on their own uh, because they're uh, they're able, well educated, the younger uh, generation of women, extremely high educated, more than their male counterparts, and many of them in professional jobs, and they decide to uh, live on their own after a separation or a divorce, or perhaps even live on their own uh, and not and forego uh, a union of any kind.
1: Uh, okay, you also mep- uh, mentioned uh, the divorce. There's this phenomenon of gray divorce. And I think it's also driven by greater independence of women, because they don't think, oh, I have to stay with this person because I can't manage on my own. And that's people who get divorced after many, many years of marriage, 30 years of marriage, and and they're really uh, in their 50s and 60s. I think
2: we do see that. I haven't... uh seen the latest data on that, but I believe those those numbers are probably rising uh, for many of the reasons that you mentioned uh, older people in good health uh, some retiring and perhaps want to uh, live a new life uh, and decide to do so uh, out on their own
1: yeah it's it's interesting you know the way i 've heard it described to me is uh, it's it 's not just a matter of waiting till the kids leave home, but you know people kind of uh, get a sense of their own mortality. They think, oh, gee, I only have so much time left and <laughs> I'm not going to spend it with them.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, as they say, it's later than you think sometimes.
1: Uh, yeah, so uh, th- there's also uh, this new arrangement of living apart together. What can you tell us about that?
2: Well, that's, a, I think that is a growing arrangement. I think, again, driven by uh, baby boomers who are pretty independent uh, in their older years, uh, very often after a spouse passes away, um, they form a new relationship uh, in some cases with someone else whose spouse passed away. but they don 't want to necessarily move into one household; they want to maintain their own household uh, but have an intimate relationship and so I think uh, we're going to see more and more of this now. The census doesn 't capture this phenomena; um, those people would be counted as as living alone. Uh, even though they're in a, an intimate relationship. But StatsCan does do family surveys, uh, which in fact do capture that phenomenon.
1: Right. Um, uh, and I, I don't have the number at the top of my head, but it's small, but it's definitely a growing phenomenon. And uh, I think th- there, there are probably two things at play there. You know, one is a desire for some independence, but uh, I think it's also financial that when people have, adult children and they they get into a serious relationship The children start to worry about their inheritance right? I
2: think that's probably true and and I think I, I actually know of a case uh, um, of a friend of mine who's in that type of relationship and it is for family reasons. They each have their own family uh, sometimes fairly large and they want to maintain that relationship with the parents rather than combining everyone into one big family. So they, they maintain that separation for some things uh, and come together for other things. And in some ways, have the best of both worlds.
1: Uh huh. Does that uh, avoid conflict?
2: Uh, I think in some cases it probably does. Uh, the children from some sort of both partners uh, may, in some cases, uh, be in conflict for some of the reasons you mentioned.
1: Uh, we we're going to get a little further into this phenomenon of this big increase in grandparents raising their children. But what would the reason for that be? That seems like a very big increase in a very short period of time.
2: Well, I think there's a number of, of things driving that. In part, uh, the changes in the cultural makeup of our country. Some of the cultures who are coming to Canada uh, have a tradition of multi-generations living together, and so you see in the Toronto area, out in Vancouver, fairly high levels of young children living in multi generational households. Perhaps the oldest generation has been brought to Canada uh, by the uh, by their children, and and they they may not have the resources to live on their own and um, stay together. I think also we have the other phenomena where an older person perhaps starts to experience disabilities uh... Of various kinds and children decide to move in uh... to do care ca- caretaking with them uh... and perhaps a third variation of that is the grandparents may move in to help the children perhaps in child care for example uh... grandparents today are are tremendous support of uh in the realm of child care. So I think there's a variety of factors driving that.
1: Well, you know, I I mean, I I get all those factors, but but this increase is an increase in grandparents who are the primary caregivers. Yeah. So so I think that's that's sort of something else above and and beyond those things which I think are are very important demographic trends as well. Well,
2: no, you're right. And and in that case there may be uh issues of various sorts uh, for the parents and they decide for various reasons uh, they can't cope right now at this stage of their life with the children and that they would be better off with grandparents and grandparents uh, do come in and uh, pick up the ball if you will Um, They're not large numbers, uh, but they're certainly an an important source of of caregiving.
1: Yeah, um, interesting. um, uh, Before we get to the phones, uh, a couple of other things I'd like to note. Uh, An increase in same-sex couples?
2: That's right. Um, The census started measuring same-sex couples back in uh, 2001, and we've seen those numbers escalate uh, one census over the other. I think part of the increase is due to the increasing acceptance of same-sex couples in society, and so people may feel a little more comfortable reporting that uh, in the census as well. Um, But the numbers certainly have been increasing at a much higher rate than the overall population.
1: Okay, uh, let's take a call from Giovanni in Brampton. Hi, Giovanni. Uh, yes,
3: uh, good afternoon uh, to you and uh, listener and to your guests. Thank you. It seems to me that we're going back in the 60s when uh, our father and grandfather took care of us, and uh, we used to go to work, too. Now we're going back to that, and this is very good news. We're going back on the ship because uh, otherwise the ship will start to sink and uh, nobody will uh, listen.
1: Well, I, th- I think that's right, Giovanni, and uh, Doug pointed that out, that, that part of the reason we're seeing more of this multi-generational family living and family responsibilities are because uh, we have uh, you know, ethnic groups where they come from somewhere where, where that
3: was the tradition. Oh, very good. Yes, so we're going back to that, and I understand. But now more things are coming up, and your um, uh, guest mentioned about divorce. Yes now, divorce, I think, is the worst thing. the nightmare on the children that will uh, go through have to go through, and because uh, we are very uh, good, we work hard, we have some uh, uh, resources in our hand now, and uh, we're starting to see more and more people wants to get divorced for what? Well, um, maybe they're not happy, Giovanni. Uh, Well, they're not happy. They should be happy because uh, you work all their life, and uh, we are taking care of our kids now, the grandchildren, and uh, we should take care, you know. Okay, Giovanni, thanks for your call. I thank you for taking my call, and have a good afternoon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye
1: now. Okay. Carolyn in Uxbridge. Hi, Carolyn. Hey, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Great. And yeah, first of all, I got to say I love your show. Love Thank
4: you. you. Think it's great. Um, anyway, I am commenting on the living apart together. This is a fantastic thing. And um, I was widowed. Well, I am widowed for 25 years, and then I met this wonderful gentleman uh, four years ago, and we both are living in our own homes, and we are at the point of trying to decide. Do we get together and live together? Um, Our problem is I feel that might take away the joy of being like boyfriend-girlfriend. And um, I'm wanting to know how other couples handle that. And also, um, after they've been LATs, as we call them, have they decided to maybe... Move in together.
1: Uh, let me ask you this. So you said you were, you've been widowed for a long time. So after, you know, uh, being in a family, d- do you find that you kind of like your freedom to come and go, all of that?
4: Yes, I do. The other thing is that even if we'd lived together, probably I would still have that because I'm a very
1: independent person.
4: But you really hate to give that up. You do. And the living apart together has been great.
1: And, and what about um, these issues with, with children and inheritances and all of that? Is that a factor?
4: Not at all, because I have three, three boys. They each have two children. And they like my friend better than they like me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Every time they phone me, it's, hi, mom, how's Joe? <laughs> so I don't have any issues there. And uh, he doesn't have any family. So it's, uh, it's a situation that's really fun, really been great. Um, I don't know. I don't know why I'm calling except to say this is our situation. And I was told about this about uh, six or seven months ago. I met a friend, and she said, well, what you're doing is uh, your lats. And I said, "Pardon?" She said, "You're lats. You're living apart together." Yep, which, you're which,
1: lats. Yeah. And, and yeah. uh, I thank you very much for calling, Carolyn. Okay. Because thank. I think you're you proof. Because what we hear anecdotally is that it's a great arrangement, and it sounds like it's been great for you. It is. It's a
4: great arrangement, and I'm I'm just trying to decide: Do I have to sell my house to uh, live with uh, more money? And if I do, I got to move in with them. So.
1: <laughs> well, uh, let us know what you decide. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay thanks, thanks a lot. Bye. Bye bye. Okay, uh, we are now going to bring in as well Betty Cornelius, and she is the founder of CanGrands, and that's a not-for-profit organization providing kinship support for grandparents. Betty also raised her own granddaughter, who is now in her twenties. Hi, Betty. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, so uh, we've been on the phone. We, we Doug is. Uh, keeping us informed on the big demographic trends. So why did you raise your granddaughter and, and how did that go?
5: Well, I ended up raising her because the was going to remove her. My granddaughter had had um, four poisonings thrown across the room and then bad things happened to her while she was with her parents who both suffered from mental health and addiction. Okay. And I had to step in because it was mere strangers and it was like she wasn't going with strangers. So she came to grandma's and I started the group a year later because I found another grandmother and I went, oh, I'm not alone, I'm not the only one doing this. And then we um, asked Dats Canada to start asking
1: that question on the long form and they have and we found a huge increase each year. And, and what is driving the increase? Is it an increase in mental health and addiction problems? Absolutely. Addiction and mental health are on the rise, and these children are falling
5: through the cracks, are being neglected, abused, and many of them are fetal alcohol. to 80%. I mean, some of the kinship families have their grandchildren and nieces and nephews due to um, other things like cancer or death, but 90,
1: uh, 80% is, is drugs and alcohol. Wow. And uh, I I gather it was actually very difficult for you to get custody of your granddaughter.
5: It was. um, Mom and dad both bought me. They both got free legal aid lawyers. I spent two and a half years in court. Now, she was with me at that time, but uh, it was a $28,000 court battle, you know, and that's money that could have been towards her education and out of my retirement plan. Mm hmm But... and And this is the norm for the grandparents that are raising... These are not grandparents. There's no adult child in the house. We're not helping. We're doing the job.
1: Okay. Uh, Doug, again, do you have uh, anything that you would like to say about that arrangement?
2: No, it certainly uh, is an important uh, part of uh, bringing up children who find themselves in in a difficult situation. And and there are about a little over 30,000 children in the country that are in that situation are being raised by one or uh, both grandparents.
1: Yeah, and uh, Betty, what about uh, what about the money? How did your finances work?
5: Well, um, <laughs> there there is no money if if you don't get told what to do, and nobody tells you. CS workers, lawyers, um, anybody I saw didn't tell me. I found out quite by accident that there was a little bit of money called the TCA Temporary Care Allowance, and I qualified for that. But then, t- depending on where you live in Ontario. You get cut off once you have custody.
1: And that's not what that's supposed to be about, but that's another whole show. That's another whole show. And and I know there are other issues with grandparents. We did a bunch of shows before a private member's bill passed giving grandparents actual rights to see their grandchildren, but that's also another show. That's something I fought for for 19 years, and we
5: finally got that done in December, so that was good.
1: And, uh, you know, uh, what do 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 you find that... Uh, your situation is kind of more accepted, that maybe there's less shame associated with it? No, there's a lot of shame because people think, well, you know, you must have done something with
5: your adult children that they can't parent their children. So there's, uh, you know, and people say, well, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, so why should you have your grandchildren? So it's, you know, there's a lot of stigma in raising a grandchild. And yet other people will say, oh, you deserve a crown. And I'm like, I don't want a crown. I'd like some coin and some community help.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's, uh, that's uh, what, what else do you think that you need? More
5: public awareness. So this show today will certainly help. And I thank you for that. Um, and everybody, everybody community has at least one or two grandparents raising grandchildren, aunts and uncles raising nieces and nephews, kinship in their community. Reach out and and, and actually talk to these people and see what they need. I mean, we have grandmothers, we have a grandmother in Bancroft living in a 900 square foot house with two boys living on a disability pension. I mean, she can't afford to replace her windows. She can't afford a lawnmower when it breaks down. She can't afford hockey. I mean, she's just struggling to do the best she can to get them fed and get them off to school. So there's a lot of support that could be given if people would just open their eyes
1: hmm and uh your own granddaughter, I gather she's in her early twenties she's launched she's got a job she she just quit
5: her job, she worked the last year as a nanny, and she did two years of college uh, with honors, so she's doing amazing, considering all the strikes she had against her and and um you know, we fought really hard to make sure that that happened that she didn't fall through the cracks and um Esme Ford Thompson from the University of Toronto will tell you that um, grandparents raising grandchildren, our children are doing as well as children in two parent homes. So I say kudos to grandma.
1: I say kudos to grandmas too. Betty, thank you so much for that. Thank uh, you. uh, Doug, uh, what would you like to leave us with? Uh, You know, what is basically the upshot of, of. all this information from the census that shows all these uh, new kinds of ways to live.
2: Well, I think it, it certainly does highlight the, the increasing diversity of many, many different family forms, uh, all of which are uh, are becoming more and more acceptable. I think hopefully it'll also raise to the policymakers the importance of when they develop policy, sometimes called family policy, that they look at the implication for the various kinds of families out there and not always consider traditional mom, dad, and the kids and what it does for that type of family. Uh, But are same-sex couples accepted? Are grandmas bringing up their children? Uh, Do they benefit from the same kinds of programs? So hopefully our policy makers will take note and uh, pay a bit more attention to the variation when they develop policies.
1: And do you see uh, Zoomers, baby boomers, continuing to drive all these trends?
2: Oh, I think we're going to see for the next uh, couple of decades as those large number of baby boomers move into the older years, uh, continuing uh, trends in living arrangements, uh, the uh, living together apart, certainly I expect to see increasing, and uh, new forms, perhaps new forms of housing where seniors share in some ways some things and, and live separately for others. Um, I think there's a sheer number of boomers, they've had an effect as they move through the life cycle, and they're by no means done yet.
1: Okay. I think uh, that tells the tale. Doug Norris, thank you so much for joining us, and Betty Cornelius also. Thank you very much. Thank you Thanks very much. Abby. Have a good bye day. Bye-bye.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.